Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hello and welcome to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. My name is Tony Colombo here with my producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews. How's everyone doing, Bo? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I am well, Chad. Doing pretty good. Good. How about yourself? I can't complain. Thank you for asking. No more. Did you, uh, did you have a good fork? <laughs> no more fender benders. You're no okay? more fender benders. No right, more great. accidents. <laughs> so far, I am okay. I did have a good fourth. Um, uh, how about you guys? I, uh, down there in uh, in Jeffco, I've been to many, many Fourth of Julys in Jefferson County, and uh, it's a pretty good time. Were you guys uh, putting it's, on a show? It's no, I don't have to. I don't have to spend a dollar because <laughs> neighbor, I know, my that's neighbor. What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. My it's neighbors everywhere. take care of all of it. Right? Yeah, no, they take care of all of it. So yeah, uh, I got all my digits too. Do you, do you, did you blow off fireworks yourself? Not this year. We didn't. Um, we were at the lake and got to watch a uh, a show down there at the Lake that's, of the Ozarks. So that's great. Mm-hmm. It is so funny to see people, you know, you know, these these guys that have done well, you know, they've got a vacation home like yourself, Tony, and they <laughs> they are just kids at heart and they, they just spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on private uh, fireworks and do the thing. And yeah. I'm the guy that yeah. comes to watch. <laughs> yeah, this, that's there's this guy at, in our cove at the Lake of the Ozarks that um, that just does it every year and everybody has gotten to used to and, you know, to knowing that he's going to do it. So. There's like boats that line up in the cove, and people are all out on their decks. And this guy that nobody knows, you know, he's not like it's not a public thing. It's just a house, but he does it every year, and we've all gotten used to it. So wow. yeah. yeah, and it's a and it's a pretty impressive show that he puts on every year. So. Now, does uh, does the Lake of the Ozarks actually do a show as well, or do they just some rely the, on the citizens? Some of the resorts do. So oh, okay. the, the lake itself does not, but, you know, like Tantara Resort does one, and there's, you know, a couple of the other places down there, the resorts, and, and they, they do. So there's not yeah, an official fun. lake it's, one. But. It's fun to watch. I, I actually interviewed uh, for my, my own radio show. I, I did an interview with Springfield Fireworks. Uh, if you can think of Springdale Pool, used to be a place of uh, 141 and 21. I went over, met the owner. He's got three stands, and he said this year's sales was through the roof, and it's got to be because we're all going crazy, you know, sitting in our houses and yeah. not getting well, out. Well, and it's and because get... people have been setting off fireworks for four weeks now, at least, every night. <laughs> oh, at, at least. As well least. as there's, <sighs> there's no city gathering where, well, there was one um, right. at the complex. But yeah. Oh, the powerplex, yeah. Yeah, the powerplex. But many, that... many, uh, yeah, you're right, but, but a lot lot of the standard places that were doing fireworks shows didn't do it this yeah. year. It so I know I know one guy, he spends like $10,000 on fireworks every Woo. year. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, if you don't pop all those tonight, I'm calling the police tomorrow. Because right. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to hear oh, this. No. Oh. In our in our neighborhood, we celebrate, you know, March 14th, we celebrate uh September 14th, it, it doesn't matter. It, Two o'clock in the afternoon, boom. Yeah. I mean, just shake your innards. It started on June 1st, I think, in our neighborhood, and it was every <laughs> night. Almost. Yeah, it's, it's like at, at this point, 
I'm just I'm just content with hearing fireworks into August because you're used to it, right? <laughs> At this point, because my I mean, problem like, is my dogs and my one and one of my kids has really bad like thunderstorm, loud noise, oh yeah. anxiety, oh yeah. and so it's like every night the the dogs and my and my one daughter are just like. Please make it stop. Yeah, my dog I did have, get weird. Uh, <laughs> I got a toy poodle, so he definitely got a little weird. Oh, <laughs> like shaking and stuff. It's like, oh my goodness, it makes you I remember feel like a bad, yeah, pet owner. Come on, man. I, I, rem- I remember coming home. I remember coming home one time from a Fourth of July at a VP fair or whatever, and I couldn't find my dog in my house anywhere, and I looked everywhere. And I couldn't. And I, my neighbors obviously were blowing off fireworks, and I finally found him in the bathtub. I was I was so sad for Hey, him. he knew where to go. Yeah. He, he, yeah, right. He hunkered down. He knew the safest place to be. So he we've got it was a, a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a great show for you lined up today. We uh are going to I'm gonna work backwards. So at the end of the show, we are going to talk to state rep Nick Schroer. Been on the show many times. Um, big advocate for Second Amendment rights, and I uh, just want to check in with him because of all of the things happening in the government right now. I mean, there's just so many stories happening, uh, you know, throughout the state of Missouri, and of course, also our you know our friends in Illinois, and uh, a lot of new laws, not a lot of new rules, and uh, I think that uh, Nick Schroer is the right guy to fill us in on some of those details and also let us know. You know, some of the things that they plan on working on as we, you know, get ready for next year's legislative session. Um, after what a crazy year this has been, I wonder what they have on the table. I wonder what, um, uh, you know, things they're going to be discussing, issues and, and possible bills and laws they'll be discussing. So we'll get into that with Nick Shore a little bit later on. We're also going to talk to our buddy Jason Nelson about a great show coming up uh, next Thursday which is July 16th, I think, out at O'Day Park in O'Fallon, Missouri. He is going to be playing a show with the Queen Tribute Band, Somebody to Love, and I am going to be there emceeing the show. Our buddy Skip Weber from Weber Chevrolet is going to be uh, um, sponsoring the show, and it's going to be a really good time. So we're going to talk to Jason about that. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes... Uh, when we take this first break, when we get back, we're going to talk to Wade Comiskey. Wade is the guy that you saw in the news and in the paper this week that caught the 118-pound catfish <laughs> wow. in the Mississippi River last week. And what is so cool, talk about the reach of Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. What's so cool is before that story even hit the news cycle— if anybody saw Wade's original post on either Twitter or Instagram, right when he caught the fish and he put it on social media, he tagged some people in it. And one of the people that he tagged was Bluff City Outdoors, one of the great sponsors of Second Amendment Radio. Wow. And because he is from that area and he he knows Mark, our buddy, the owner of, of uh, Bluff City Outdoors, he shops there all the time. He may have caught that catfish using gear that <laughs> yeah. he got from Bluff right. City. So he tagged a bunch of people or, you know, three or four people in this in this tweet about, you know, thanks to this person and that person for all the, you know, the help that they've given me and blah, blah, blah. And there was Bluff City Outdoors. So I actually got a call from Mark before it even hit the news. Wow. And he said... I don't know if you saw this tweet or not. You know, we were tagged in it. That's how I. That's how he knew. He was alerted to it because, the, you know, his shop was tagged in in the social media post, and he told me about it. 
And then not much longer, it was everywhere. And so we had already started to make the connection. I was like, well, we got to get him on the show. We yeah. got to talk to him about landing this 118-pound catfish. And Chad him got him. Yes, and we got him. <laughs> what was amazing to me was the they showed the hook. It was like nothing special about it. It was like, this guy is a fisher. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it was nothing special about it. It was just like, okay. Yeah, you'd like, think it'd be like a hook the size of your head or yeah. something that would bring that thing in. But, yeah, yeah, that's pretty Honestly, awesome. the first time, because I saw it, must have been within 24 hours of the picture being posted. I saw it. My first reaction, because we're all sucked into, you know, uh, different things on social media, I immediately said, Photoshopped, totally Photoshopped. <laughs> And it wasn't. It and wasn't. It wasn't. But I, you want to make it special? If it would have been noodling that size of a catfish, now that would have been a story. No, you'd have to noodle with your body, whole you'd body, <laughs> right? You'd have to noodle with your head and shoulders to get that yeah. uh, to get that kind of catfish. That is amazing, though. And then you know, it's it's a fish of a lifetime, one hundred eighteen pound catfish. Amazing story. But what what it'd be like to catch a fish that big and not set a record? Yeah, he's it was he's it was like twelve pounds short of the Missouri state record or one pound. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> I know, right? It's like, come on, how do you catch a fish that big and yeah. it not be a record? But um, it is yeah. the pictures are amazing. Um, I'm sure the the story is amazing, and we're gonna talk to Wade about it. We're gonna have him walk us through it exactly so, what it was like, what it was like fighting that thing, getting it in, what did he use, all that stuff. So, so what well, we don't we know that that fish is not going to get caught for the catfish classics. We know that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. He put gonna, it back. He put really? it back. I thought Did he really? Eating, yeah, he put I it we back. Were be eating catfish fillets for weeks. No, he put it back. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it could be caught for the yeah. for the big catfish classic coming up in uh, September. Um, you know, hold or, on, hold on. Or he, he could have <laughs> taken it home and put it in a tank, and then brought it in, and then checked it in at the. Tournament <laughs> in September. The mind, the mind of Tony Colombo, right there. Uh, so, so if it really was catch release, every time I've caught a catfish of any size, normal, you know, arm, you know, arm length size, a foot long or eighteen inches long, it's always swallowed the dang hook. How did this fish not swallow the hook? So we'll talk to. I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, it's my understanding that he put it back. So okay. I, I'm almost positive that is the case. Yeah, because he we'll, showed the hook. Yeah, like he had it in his palm, the palm of his hand. Right. So we'll talk to uh, we'll talk to him here in just a minute, and we'll we'll cool. confirm whether he uh, whether he did put it back or not. I I believe I'm nearly positive that he that he put it back in the river. No so, catching wow. and eating. Yeah, which is which is, is rare when it <laughs> yeah. comes with no ca- especially yeah. to catfish. You know what's the, what's the slogan? No catch and grease. It's catch and release. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's gonna be that is gonna be a really fun uh, a really fun discussion with Wade. Um, what's the biggest fish, Bo, you've ever caught? Oh well, you know it, it's got to be in my own pond because uh, I've got these grass carp Used that have been have. there a hunt. Used to no, have. no, no, no. I've got the grass carp. I just don't have the catfish. Oh, okay. The the maybe the grass carp ate the catfish. I don't know, but that's an ongoing storyline. But it's true. Uh, the biggest fish I ever We've caught so- was no. It's not we ongoing. Solved we solved it. Yeah, Chad. What are yes. you doing out here? Yes, Chad. It's we, my pond. As Chad just said, we solved it. We didn't. It's okay. not an ongoing story. It's not a mystery. Somebody all, cleaned all the you shelves out, my of friend. tartar sauce were empty for the I, last several months. So maybe that's I it. Know anyway, you don't want to believe it, but somebody cleaned you out. 
So, so, so I still have the grass carp, and the grass carp are literally as long as my leg. I mean, we're talking three, Ooh, three wow. and a half feet long. Yeah, and they're they're just like submarines when they when they come up to get the catfish food that I put out there. They're amazing. I've never, I've always caught it and released them because I've always heard they're a nasty fish. Yeah, uh, but if you if you if you dress it out right, I guess it is good. I've, I've always heard it's bony, and I talked about this one other time. And somebody uh, called me and said, oh, actually, no, they're really good. What you do is you take that uh, that grass carp, you put it on a, a pine board, no, a cedar board, put it in your oven at 450 degrees for one hour, and then after the the timer goes off, you pull it out, you throw away the fish, and you eat the board. So I, I, didn't, I didn't go for that. <laughs> I didn't do that. But, uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest fish. How about you? Um, the biggest fish I would have ever caught would have to be a catfish. I don't usually fish for catfish so i don't when i catch one it's usually i'm just either having some fun playing around at night if you know throwing a a, a line in the water at, at, at after dark or something or um or by accident you know um so i would i've never weighed any of the catfish that i've caught but i would guess maybe 15 or 20 pound catfish is probably wow. the biggest fish wow. that i've ever caught Way, that's way huge. better, better than me. <laughs> way better than me. Yeah, I never, I never, but that's never what I fish for. So I'm never, you know, I, I'd rather have, I'd rather catch a six pound bass than a twenty pound catfish any yeah. day of the week. Oh yeah. How do you, how much fishing have you done in your life, Chad? Um, a lot so or not too much. I I did a lot of fishing when I was younger. Um, because we used to go to the Lake of the Ozarks every year. Oh okay. Um, and then we went to some resort that had bluegills in a pond. So yeah. We used to fish that all the time. Right. That is something I never would expect somebody to eat is a bluegill because <laughs> it's so small. But right. They ate it. That's I, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it is for a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but here recently, I haven't, uh, been fishing here recently, but I have had a lot of friends like, let's go fishing. Let's try something different. Let's and do I'm it. like, let's go. Let's all go. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. So I have a friend now. He goes once a week. Um, I ha- haven't ventured out because like you go on the weekend, I work the weekend. Right. It's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so what you're saying to do during the week. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is your Snoopy pole is getting a lot of dust on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I had a. F- I've owned my own fishing pole since like a Hot Wheels fishing pole oh, that yeah. I got from Walmart <laughs> like years ago. <laughs> you my, remember? Hey, my Tony, son's right now the Spider Man pole. Go ahead. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Popeil Pocket Fisherman? Oh yeah, yeah. The expanding, uh-huh. the expanding rod. Those, yeah, the I thought those things were. Yeah, I thought those were things were awesome. Yeah. You don't yeah, see there's another one. There's another one that they have now that they talk about being the pocket uh, version. I don't know. I don't think they call it the pocket fisherman. I'm sure that was trademarked by sure. Peel back in the day. But um, but that that whole, like, uh, like you know, small and easy to carry and easy to transport, and it's, it's no longer than, like, a foot. And, you know, you need the longer pull to generate the cast, the whip, to get, you know, so it's like, well, yeah. that, how far could you really cast a little... And it has like a launcher in it. It like you push a button and it shoots Whoa. it. Yeah, and it shoots it. I don't know. It's not for me. It's a little too. It's it's a little too gimmicky for me. I don't know. Yeah. You know. I don't know how well that would work. I don't know how I well just found you can it. control it. I mean, I can throw my. You know, I like to control my cast. You know, and land it exactly where I want it to go. So I don't the, know about the, pushing the button and shooting it. <laughs> they've got a. Uh, they've got a Stealth Angel Mini Portable Fishing Rod for nine ninety five. There you go. I uh, just I uh, just found it online. I'm so it's like a pocket that's pen. Not great. 
Right. I'm thinking, no, 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 no. I bet you, you also that's that. not what Wade caught the catfish on. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, find Ronco. out. Yo, go ahead. No, okay, so Peel, Popeel Pocket Fisherman is what I remember, yeah. and Ronco Pocket Fisherman is also a thing. So it's it's kind of on the same thing. Is vein, it Ronco? But, uh, that is, that's the same thing. Ronco and Ron Popeel, that's, that's his company. It's Ronco. Oh, it is? I'm pretty sure that's the same thing. We'll do some, okay. inv- we'll, we'll look into it at the break. And uh, necessary, we'll, really. come back with, uh, <laughs> we'll come back with the answers. And when we get back, we are going to talk to Wade Kaminsky about uh, landing this 118-pound catfish in the Mississippi River last week. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo, Chad Ellis, and Bo Matthews here. In just a moment, we are going to talk to, as we mentioned in that last segment, Wade Kaminsky, the gentleman who caught the 118-pound catfish in the Mississippi River. Really excited to talk to Wade about that. Of course, anytime we're talking about fishing here on Second Amendment Radio, it's brought to you by our buddies at Bluff City Outdoors. Bluff City Outdoors there in Alden, Illinois. They specialize in big catfish gear. That's why they were tagged in the social media post that Wade put out. Uh, Can't wait to talk to Wade about his connection with uh, Mark and our friends there at Bluff City as well. Um, And, of course, Bluff City, as I mentioned, specialize in that big catfish gear, rods, reels, hook weights. They also carry a huge selection of crappie and bass lures. I'm a bass fisherman, and uh, I have a lot of my tackle box filled with stuff that I bought at Bluff City. So go over there and check them out at 2813 East Broadway in Alton or on the web at bluffcityoutdoors.com. Also want to mention that uh, that first segment, our buddy Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory, usually joins us in that first segment. He was unavailable this week, uh, but I do need to remind you uh, that Southern Armory is open and ready for you. Take care of all of your gun needs, your ammo needs, Uh, Go to Facebook, Southern Armory on Facebook. It's a great place to get information about them. Also watch Aaron's videos about cleaning guns or building guns. And, of course, southernarmory.com. That's southernarmory.com. Yeah, I'm sure Aaron is out saving a life or fighting for freedom somewhere, and that's why he was unable to join us today. But Aaron will be back with us next week, so make sure you check that out. All right, let's go ahead and get Wade into the conversation right now. Wade Comiskey joins us on the line uh, to talk to us about this uh, this fish of a lifetime. Wade, thanks for your time today, man. How's it going? It's doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on the show. You bet. You bet. So um, I mentioned in that first segment that uh, you have a connection with one of our great sponsors and a friend of mine, uh, Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors. I just was talking about them. I think you probably heard it. Uh, before we dive in, could you just tell me about uh, how do you know Mark and what's your connection there to Bluff City? Sure, yeah. Uh, Mark and I have been friends for a number of years. Um, I've been on his uh, Catfish Pro staff for about the last three years and trying to help 
uh, promote his uh, local tournament trail and now the Alton Catfish Classic. Yeah. Well, so here, I got to cut you off right there. Fun. Yeah, I got to cut you off right there, Wade, because I was one of the, I was there at the Catfish Classic Classic last year. I was one of the uh, uh, announcers. Why didn't you take that fish and put it in a pool somewhere and wait and, <laughs> wait until September and then check that baby in? <laughs> oh no! Can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh, but yeah, what you said, Catfish Pro. What, what does that? What does that mean? What, like, what is that a service that they offer there at Bluff City? Like, um, I know that they do like guided catfish tours. Is that what you're talking about? No, I just I'm just one of the people that help promote uh, Bluff City Outdoors and you know everything that they sell over there. Um, you know, tag them in social media posts. And, so like uh, a brand ambassador. Yeah. Yes, gotcha. like a brand ambassador, exactly. There you go. Good stuff. All right, so uh, I, I'm sure we'll cut you off with questions as you go through the story, uh, but just just walk us through it. Was it just, uh, were you just going out for a regular, you know, afternoon on the water, let's go have a fun day fishing, and then this just happened? Like, walk us through it. How'd it go? Uh, well, we were actually looking for um, different waters that may be overlooked during tournaments, um, waters that don't get fished really heavy um, from the local catfish guides or some of the other uh, local catfishmen in our area. So we, we went out Friday morning, got on the water, started scanning around, looking for a particular type of structure. And uh, once we, we found that, we, we set out to start drift fishing. And um, about 20 minutes into that is when, is when it all started, is when this whole story, this whole story started. Hmm. That's amazing. So what, uh, what, what, what type of bait were you using? What did you, what did you see? Like, what did you, like, when did you realize there was something here, like, how did it did it or did it or was it a complete surprise like how did that initial uh, beginning go so we were using uh skipjack herring which is a uh, local bait fish that uh, we can get here on the mississippi and missouri rivers we were using it as cut bait and we were uh, bumping bottom which is a style of drift fishing where we're bumping the bait on the bottom of the river behind the boat and that way you're able to cover some water uh, your bait can go up and down through the structure of the bottom of the river. And as we were going along, um, I instantly felt something uh, that my bait and my hook got into. And I, and I looked at uh, my good friend, Jake Durhockey, and I said, well, I've either got a monster or I'm snagged. And I started to reel down, and that's when we both knew that I, I had a really big fish on the line. Wow, that's amazing! And uh, and did was your equipment enough to handle it? Obviously, you got it in, but did you feel you were any unequipped uh, with enough, uh, you know, line yeah. strength? That's a that's a good question. No, um, I use a uh, a specific rod for this. It's called a Warrior Cat bumping rod. I've got a uh, a reel with a lot of drag to it, and I was using eighty pound braided line and eighty pound <sighs> monofilament leader. So I knew that uh, the gear being used was more than up for the task. Wow. I, I've never even heard of it. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I'm going to cut to the chase, Tony. I can't wait. Do it. No, the question that we had in the last segment was, 
there's a rumor that you actually released this fish back into the river. Is that true? It is. Absolutely. Uh, wow. <laughs> I told you, Bo. <laughs> I told you. Uh, no, I believe. I just, I, I couldn't believe. Uh, uh, because was, uh, was that your plan all along, or was it because you found out it wasn't quite the world record for this area? <laughs> Uh, that that's the plan all along. Um, yeah. We release all fish over ten pounds. Uh, we want to see these fish uh, grow. Yeah. We want to. We want these big fish out there spawning every year. We, you know, uh, those big fish in the gene pool. You know, hopefully we're gonna keep creating more and more big fish. So we have other opportunities. Uh, other generations have the same opportunities that we oh, have. Yeah. Uh, to to enjoy the same thing that we do right now. So, wait, I know there's no way to know this for sure, but just your opinion, being an expert fishing in that area, you know, knowing the Mississippi River like you do, do you think that that is like there's that's one fish that's every hundred miles that's this very unique thing, this creature that's under there, or do you think that there's a lot of hundred pound plus fish even in our area? That you know, they're just not easy to catch or easy to spot. But there, but there's actually more out there than people would think. I well, I know that every year somebody in our area catches one that in the hundred pound class. Yeah. So that that's a that's a fact that we know. Uh, I would say that there's probably more out there than is than is caught every year. Mm. Um, but. You know, routinely we do find 50, 60, 70, 80 pound fish. Uh, not as routinely do we find the fish bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Bo. You know, I, I'm looking at uh, the picture of the hook in your hand. And I, okay, so I grew up in Minnesota where we caught bullheads, which is very similar to a catfish. Um, and every time I've even caught a catfish around here, it's always swallowed the hook. Like, you know, so you're destroying the fish when you're when you're trying to get your hook back out. Can you tell us about that part of it, about getting that hook back out, or was that a picture before the the fish was caught? So that was a that was a picture of after. Uh, that is a um, an eagle claw eight aught hook that's um, about the same size and style hook that most guys use around here. the The good part about the the circle hook, uh, that style of hook, is that most of the time the fish gets caught in the corner of the mouth. And that that right there gives you a good opportunity for that catch and release. There you and go. The fish lives. I'm yeah. learning so much on this show this week, my goodness. <laughs> We're talking to Wade Kaminsky about catching the 118-pound catfish in the Mississippi River. Uh, tell us about uh, what what uh, what type of catfish was it, and and talk to us about the fight. How long did it take to get it in the boat? Sure. So that's a blue catfish. Uh, it's probably the the largest of the three species that found here in Missouri. Um, from the time that uh, we first uh, realized that the fish was on until we had them in the net was right around eight minutes. Um, as I said earlier, we were drifting, so we weren't on anchor. We were able to get above the fish uh, almost right away. And then the only fight was to get the fish from the bottom of the river back up uh, and into the net. So I'd reel him up. He'd take some line and go back down. I'd reel him up and take some line and go back down. And, and all while this is happening, Jake is seeing this on the fish finder. Oh, wow. Man. Wow. Oh, wow. Did he get video of that by any chance? No video. I wish we did. 
That's, wow. That's pretty freaking cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and then how do you get that thing in the boat? I mean, like I, I mentioned earlier, I'm a, a bass fisherman, and, you know, if I, sometimes, you know, you need the net. It's always great to yell at your partner that you need the net because, you know, that means something's good, good is happening. But uh, <laughs> you're not going to put a, you're not going to net 118. You know, there's no net that you could get around that guy. How do you get, how do you get a fish like that in the boat? So Does we manhandle do it? <laughs> we do have a net that's that big. Really? Net, okay. Uh, it's about five foot in depth and the diameter of the hook, the, the hoop is, is almost four feet around. So, <laughs> man, all right. We were able to, Jake was able to scoop that fish up into the net and he, and he held it right there at the, uh, the side of the boat. I got the live well filled up, got the oxygen turned on. And then we both had to, uh, lift it and get it into the boat and then lift it and put it down in the okay. live well. Once again, it, once again, being the owner of a <laughs> of a ranger bass boat that has two live wells on it, um, that that thing would almost lay across my entire boat, let alone fish, <laughs> fit in a live well. You got a swimming pool as a live well on that boat? I mean, again, are you everything that you're saying is probably really common for cat fishermen, and they're probably like, yeah, duh, of course they've got a giant net that you could put a freaking car in and a swimming pool on the back of the boat that you can put 118-pound <laughs> catfish in. So forgive my ignorance, but that's just crazy to me that you have a live well on that boat that you can put 120-pound fish in. Yeah, the, the live well is 100 gallons. There's cool. uh, two, two fill pumps that can fill at uh, 1,600 gallons an hour. And then we have a compressed oxygen tank on the boat. So we're able to um, really get a lot of oxygen in that fish, make sure that, that uh, you know, he's healthy and, and, and very alive for, for the release. Wow. So we are talking to Wade Kaminsky about catching the 112-pound catfish in the Mississippi River. Unfortunately, we need to take a break, but we are going to continue this conversation. A lot more to talk to with Wade about, and we are going to do that in this week's podcast exclusive. Don't forget, two podcasts of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors every week. We put out the show podcast on Friday and the podcast exclusive on Monday, and we are going to finish this talk with Wade about catching this fish uh, in the podcast exclusive, so make sure you are checking that out. Right now, we got to take a break, and when we get back, we will talk to Jason Nelson and State Rep Nick Schroer. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo, Bo Matthews, and Chad Ellis here with you. Uh, don't forget, we were just talking to Wade Kaminsky about catching that big fish. If you want to hear the rest of the story, make sure you check out the podcast exclusive. We release two podcasts of Second Amendment Radio each and every week. You can get them just about anywhere that you get podcasts. I always recommend the Radio.com app, which is free. You download it, favorite the radio station, then you can stream the station 24-7, rewind live radio, and download the podcast of this and every other show on the station. We release the show podcast on Fridays and the podcast exclusive on Mondays, and we're going to finish up that story with Wade on the podcast exclusive, so make sure you are checking that out. Uh, in just a moment here, we are going to talk to our buddy Nick Schroer and Jason Nelson about a great show coming up, uh, an outdoor show in O'Fallon, Illinois, and anytime we're outside or talking about the great outdoors, it's brought to you by... 
Razorback Armory. They're your full-service firearm shop or what they like to call a firearm concierge. Go on in and introduce yourself, and they will find or create what you are looking for at Razorback Armory. On Manchester Road, a half mile east of 270, online at RazorbackArmory.com. Tell them Bo sent you. Great stuff. And as I mentioned, joining us now on the line is Jason Nelson, the front man of Somebody to Love, the great Queen tribute show. I am so looking forward to this show. I'm so glad to be talking about live local music coming back to the St. Louis area. It's one of the industries that's been hit so hard by this pandemic. Uh, Jason, only got a couple of minutes here, so thanks for your time, as always. And tell folks how they can come out and experience some great live local music this week. Well, first off, thanks for having me, Tony and Bo. Um, yeah, uh, this coming week, Thursday, July 16, I'm looking at the forecast, and it's a great evening for live music outdoors at O'Day Park Amphitheater. Now, this place, it's like two years old, the brand new park. I think it's the newest one in Charles County but I may be wrong on that, but it's beautiful. <laughs> we'll say it is. A lot of a lot of space to spread out. Um, O'Day Park uh, Amphitheater, yes. and it's off of Double D, or as um, some folks may know it, Wing Haven Boulevard. So okay. Somebody to Love is going to hit the stage at 6.30 p.m., play till 9 p.m., so wow. family-friendly, free to the public. They have food vendors if you want want to get a little boozy that's available too <laughs> and, and, <laughs> i was waiting for you to say the word free on top of it all a great mm-hmm. night to get outside bring the family enjoy some great live music and it's all free and uh, jason where's the best place to follow the band and get more information online you find us at, on uh, our social media platforms they're all somebody to love a tribute to Queen. Great stuff. I will be there this coming Thursday at O'Day Park in O'Fallon. I hope to see everyone out there as well. You can get all the details on my Twitter, at TonyColumba971. I have the show information pinned to the top of my uh, Twitter profile if you're looking for details as well. Jason, thanks for your time, my friend, and we will see you Thursday night in O'Fallon. Somebody to love the Queen tribute. Can't wait. Thank you, gentlemen. You bet. And now switching gears quickly to our friend, Newsmaker Nick. Representative Nick Schroer joins us on the line for the rest of the show. Always great to talk to you, sir. Nick, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. We had a very successful week with the governor signing uh, our big crime bill package. And there, there's also news that we may be going back on uh, on crime control and uh, violent crime for a special session either this month Ooh. or next. Wow. Okay. So this is exactly why I wanted to talk to you today because, uh, <laughs> you know, the world is crazy right now. There's a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot of new rules and regulations being put in. A lot of people are very concerned about crime, you know, with some of the social unrest that we've seen in our area and around the country. And as you just mentioned, a uh, a crime bill was just signed here in the state of Missouri earlier this week. I know that you were the uh, sponsor, the House sponsor uh, of that bill Can you tell us about the crime bill that Missouri just signed and the details that are in it? Yeah, initially the uh, the bill started off in the House and the Senate. We had our own versions. 
Um, but initially, they were the exact same on armed criminal action. And what that means is using a, uh, a weapon. Uh, in our case, we concentrated on firearms, using a firearm uh, in the commission of a felony, of a deadly felony. So what we did is add, added that to the commit uh, categories of dangerous felonies, meaning if you're convicted of this or you plead guilty to a uh, armed criminal action, you would have to serve at least 85% of your sentence before you're back out on the streets. Uh, I also, in working with the prosecutors, I created a new, uh, I guess, category of felons, uh, you know, somebody who's already a felon. They break the law again. They shouldn't have a weapon to begin with, but they break the law again to get a gun, um, and then they use it in the commission of another dangerous felony, they're going to be treated a little bit differently and harsher um, than somebody who, you know, did, did it one time is their first crime. Um, along with that, we concentrated on vehicle hijacking, carjackings. Um, criminal street gangs was another one that Mary Elizabeth Coleman from uh, Jefferson County, she, she included in that bill. Uh, but basically, we're, we're zeroing in on the most violent and habitual offenders, those that, you know, did not learn their lesson the first, second, or third times, that are repeat offenders, the most violent in our society. Uh, a couple things that got left out that the governor definitely wants us to come back on are more bipartisan pieces. Um, I know the police residency bill that's been uh, plaguing the city in, in St. Louis and Kansas City for many years, making it to where it's very difficult for them to recruit. Um, the repeal of that is going to be one that uh, you'll definitely see in a special session. A couple bills of mine dealing with juveniles uh, using firearms in commissions of deadly felonies uh, that we needed to update our laws. And some of the witness protection stuff, either witness tampering and trying to prevent a witness from coming in to testify in a big case or witness protection programs, uh, people that are in fear of their lives. Those are things that uh, mayors in St. Louis and Kansas City both indicated need to be done. Go ahead, Bob. And Nick, do you feel that do you feel that you are getting good traction on on these bipartisan issues as well as you're moving forward? I mean, you're you're keeping up the good fight, and we appreciate that. But do you feel like these are realistic goals that you can hit? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know um, the big lift, uh, and it, and it's odd that the the most contentious parts got done before the the parts that I think were a, le- a little bit easier to get done. Um, I know with the armed criminal action and the criminal street gangs and even the vehicle hijacking. We had organizations, even though only two Democrats in the Senate out of 30-something senators, only two Democrats voted against it in the Senate. Uh, We did have some Republicans and Democrats stand up against this because there was a fiscal note issue saying uh, we would need to build two new prisons, which uh, the Post-Dispatch, out of all people, kind of debunked that or, or later in the week. I think it was Thursday when they came out with their story. Uh, but if you think back to 2017, 18, when I had my big push on the criminal justice reform, the juvenile justice bill, that was the same allegation that we needed to, to build two new juvenile justice facilities. And that was debunked back then. But yeah, I think uh, coming back into special session, uh, depending on what the governor calls, if it's just crime related, we're going to have to siphon out um, the, the Democrat calls for gun control. Like we always see in these special sessions or uh, very controversial things such as defunding the police. That's Mm -hmm. not going to happen in our state, and I'll make sure that that's not going to happen in our state. Um, But, you know, I I think on on the the, the wide front, when you look at it, um, big picture, I think those are things that are definitely going to get done that I mentioned uh, that have support from the leaders in Kansas City 
and St. Louis, both Democrats, but they, they've worked with us to figure out, okay, we're not getting gun control done, but what can we get done? And these are some items that I think are definitely going to get to the governor's desk. Talking Good. to Representative Nick Schroer, only got a couple of minutes left. Want to get to a couple of questions if we can, kind of rapid fire style. I know that's not fair, Nick, but I appreciate you oh, I love doing it. the best you can. Um, you just mentioned defund the police. Of course, we also know that Democrats in Missouri and across the country are always looking to limit uh, Second Amendment rights, and it's something that you've been battling the entire time. You've been there in Jeff City fighting for Second Amendment rights and standing up for um, that community. Um, Is there a renewed push with everything going on in this world? We've seen this big boom of gun sales. Uh, How serious are Missouri Democrats about trying to limit gun rights again and also do things like defund the police? We know that's happening in some of the bigger cities around the country, are Missouri Democrats pushing for that type of legislation as well? Well, I can tell you they're dead serious about um, repealing the Second Amendment and uh, stripping away gun rights from law-abiding citizens. And I can tell you just from looking at the past couple sessions and even now on my big crime bill on Senate Bill 600, uh, you know, the, the criticisms were out there. But when you ask, OK, what is your proposition? Because people, these bodies keep lining up in these Democrat controlled cities. What is your proposition? And it always turns to gun control. Um, so that's something that I will continue to kill uh, time and time again. It's been proven not to work. Uh, more guns uh, equal less crime. I know there's studies out there that we could talk about all day long. But the second part of that question with um, defunding the police, I know There were groups from the city, uh, elected officials in the city of St. Louis that met with the governor's office, and that's one of their top uh, priorities is defunding the police. Mm -hmm. Now, when you ask them, you know, how do you define defund? Because when I look at Webster's Dictionary, it basically is very clear cut. Then they try to change the topic of, well, it's not necessarily defund. We meant uh, just move some move some funding around. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, either way, I think that that has been proven time and time again. Not to work, uh, especially in these areas where we've got three of the top in the top 25 most dangerous and deadly cities time and time again in the top 25 in the entire nation. Um, That is not going to work. Defunding the police is only going to make it worse. Only about a minute to go with Representative Nick Schroer. Got one last one, Bo? Uh, yeah, I do. As as far as the the phrase defunding the police or dismantling the police, you're hearing all this in the in the narrative from the left. Um, it, it's quite frightening. Um, are how close are you to law enforcement? Because I had lunch with uh, former Sheriff Boyer and Sheriff Marshak uh, last week, and they, they it's almost like it's not even a real statement that's mm. being said over and yeah. over and over. Would you agree, Nick? Oh, absolutely. You know, Marshak's a friend of mine. Uh, I know we we follow each other on social media. But, yeah, I've got the endorsement of the police, the firefighters, uh, first responders across this state. And it's because I've been a voice of reason. Yes, if we want to concentrate on the bad apples in any career, let's do that. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater and couple all these good men and women that serve and protect our state, protect our nation, and couple them with the bad ones. That yeah. is unfair. Amen. But, yeah, that that is totally, totally uh, an unfair statement of defunding the police. Guess what? It's not going to happen here in the state of Missouri. Nick, how do people follow you on social media? Uh, go to my website, Nick for Rep, all spelled out. You can get access to my Twitter, my Facebook. Uh, if you want to, you know, uh, kill a couple hours and just look at the trolls, follow me. Go to Twitter, <laughs> Nick B. Schroer. He is a good follow. I agree with that completely. That is Representative Nick Schroer. Thanks for your time, sir. We'll talk to you again real soon. 
Yeah, God bless, gentlemen. Yep. All right, we have got to wrap up the show, but don't forget about the podcast exclusive. It comes out Monday, each and every Monday, and we will continue our conversation that we had a little bit earlier with Wade Kaminsky about catching that 112-pound catfish in the Mississippi River. That is on the podcast exclusive this week, so don't miss it. Thank you for listening to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 